Hello, it's just gone two o'clock and it's time for this week's Discovering Music. Now, you may know that this past week in Performance on 3, the BBC orchestras have been crossing musical cultures, East meeting West, in various forms. In today's Discovering Music audience workshop, it's the East that dominates, as the celebrated maestro of the sitar, Nishat Khan, reveals how the music of his Indian tradition works, and in particular the raga. He's joined by Shebaz Hussain on tabla and Kamlesh Patel on tampura, in an exploration of ragas from dawn till dusk.
Good afternoon. Namaste. A lot of the times people think that Indian music is what you hear, maybe you're listening to film music, but Indian classical music is based on ragas. These are very old melodies which are coming from the shastras, from the old texts. And there are many ways of describing a rag. Sometimes one would say a rag is like a game of chess where you have the notes like the pawns, they move in certain ways. This note moves only in this direction and this one moves only in this direction. There is a certain rule and that's, that's how the performance is played. And we improvise within the format of those notes. It is a combination like a scale, ascending and descending, which has as the principle, a rule, I have actually chosen to play a rag, which I will play throughout this program, but I will do other things on it. This rag is called Bhairavi, and I will play a ragmala, which is garland of ragas, and I'll illustrate different rags within this rag. It's based on the Dorian mood, the Western scale. Ascending and descending in Bhairavi. Thank you. 
you have the tonic, which is, and then the scale. So all the improvisation happens within this format, within this scale. So if I was playing the composition with the tabla, which was I was playing a composition within this rag, very clear, and then I improvise within this composition. We have rags for different times of the days, different time of the evening, different times in the night. So we have rags for all times of the day and night. As the energy of the day rises, the notes become sharper, and in the morning, most of the rags have been based on flat notes. I'll play you um, an example. This is a day rag, a rag which is played between morning and the day. This was a composition in Raga Bilawal, which is uh, a rag which is played during the day. Bhairvi was Bilawal is so completely different. This music is melodic music. And so the entire concentration on playing is improvisation, melodic music. And one of the reasons that it was never written down is because the whole music is based on slurring. We play music which is connected to the voice, the vocal music of India. So as we sing, we play. So because you can't write down the timing of the slurring, 
the music was never written down. It was always passed from master to student, from father to son, as, as in my case. I, I learned from my father, and he learned from his uh, father and his brother, and he learned from his father. For seven generations, we've been musicians, and that's how this music was passed down. And our family was responsible for bringing that vocal style of singing into instrument, and that's how we developed, and that's how the sitar had its evolution in our family. And that's how we started playing that kind of music in sitar. I'll illustrate you a couple of examples of slurring, for instance, which you call the mind. aspect was we, we started using this aspect within exposition of the rag and that's how this whole style of singing and instrumental style developed. Now I could play that feeling in a different way now and hear me out. Da Slurring down. The timing. Da, 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 da.
Could you tell us a little bit as, about your, your background and your learning process, please? Yeah. Well, I had the great privilege of, of being, being born into one of the great instrumental families of India. Now, there's a very, very popular notion in India that, that everybody claims to be from a gharana. Gharana means literally the school of learning that you come from. Gharana means your forefather, your family. It means your dynasty, your lineage. That's what gharana means. There are very few gharanas in India. And now there are very few existing gharanas in India. Which means that you have to be, it's four generations of people who have done the same thing, who have followed the same style of music, who have a particular style of compositions, and it's come from father to son, off from master to disciple. That's what a gharana means. If somebody goes and says that, you know, I've learned from my father, and this is my gharana, it cannot be claimed as a gharana, because gharana can only be formed for four generations. So we come from a gharana, which was responsible for the evolution of sitar in India. And the sitar, as you see it today, is a contribution of, of our forefathers. And what happens is that in a gharana, you learn the characteristics of your gharana's compositions. So you learn the music through compositions. Your father teaches you, or your master teaches you, the compositions of his forefathers, and you maintain that, and then you add to it. So I learned from my father. He learned from his brother, from his uncle, from his grandfather, and so on. So our, we come from this gharana, which we call the Sitar Khani gharana. Meaning of rag actually is emotion. It's literally to do with the emotion of these notes and the feeling of these notes. And that's how different rags, which have very little differences from each other, they, would, they could convey a completely different emotion, a different mood. I'll give you an example of how you can actually differentiate in the feeling, although they have the same notes. For instance, Bhairavi has all the seven notes. So, Bhairavi. a rag called Bilas Khani Tori, which is based on the same notes as Bhairavi.
And like this, we have hundreds of frogs. And they all are played at different times of the day. They are all played with different emotions. We have even seasonal rags, which are played at, at certain seasons, like monsoon season, we have different rags. For in the winter, we have some rags, some in the summer, some spring ragas. So what do we do in the performance? We play an introduction, which is called an alap. In an alap, we improvise very slowly. We improvise the various notes of the rags, and we play it as a subject. We develop the rag from one aspect to the other, from one octave to the other. We improvise on various notes of the rag, and then that gradually builds up to a self-rhythmic aspect, which is called the jor. Here, the musician is still playing alone. He plays an alap, which is a slow introduction. Then that builds up self-rhythmic aspect. Then he sort of finishes on a crescendo. Then after that, he he's plays with the tabla, which is the rhythm that comes in the music. I could do a performance without the tabla if I wanted to. I could play with a self-rhythmic aspect to it, so I wouldn't need percussion. But traditionally, it's always performed with the tabla because you, you do your alap and your introduction and your improvisations on that, and then you play with the tabla player who keeps the rhythm of your composition. So we expose the rag, we elaborate on the rag, we improvise on the rag, in a performance, we do the alap, and then we go to the tabla. And so what happens in the, with the tabla is this. We have a composition which is set to a certain beat cycle, a rhythmic cycle. So in Indian rhythm, we have many different beats cycle. 12 beats, 7 beats, 10 beats, 14 beats, 8 beats, 15 beats, 16 beats, 24 beats. 48 beats, 11 and a half beats, 9 beats. And you can go on and on. And people make their own rhythmic cycles. They make their own compositions, and they fit that within the cycle. And that's how the performance is done. I just played you that composition. That was 16-beat cycle. And I will play that to illustrate you again. Composition is this is a composition. The beat cycle is sixteen beat cycle one five six seven nine ten. 
Improvisation. So, you could do anything with it. I, I could improvise for as long as I want to. as long as you don't get bored of that and it it has got to be a creative process where it it happens from the heart it is accessible and as long as you're not repeating yourself as you go along so it's it's a very creative process of improvisation and then there are lots of complexities we will show you this rhythmic cycle of the composition then first two, 1 2 3 4 5 6 so the first beat is also the last beat and all the improvisations must finish on the first beat because that is also the beginning of the cycle Thank you. 
So that was a composition in 16-beat cycle in an afternoon rug with the tabla. How does the, the player of the drums know what, what to do and, and when to be loud and very busy and when to be less loud okay. and busy? And with the stresses of the composition, you can tell the cycle. And then also, uh, before I start to play, I can tell him what cycle it is, or I could indicate something, or maybe we have a certain understanding whereby I would, why I would stress my head or you know, indicate him some way that this composition is a 16-beat cycle or an 8-beat cycle. And then it's also a matter of respect between each other that you know that if he is playing this composition, this is where I should come in, this is where I should not play, this is where I should be just giving uh, the rhythm cycle because this improvisation is going on. And it's an interaction, it's a dialogue, constant dialogue. And we learn that aspect of the stresses of the composition as we, we learn the music. And that's why it's easy for them to play and know what rhythms might be in different compositions. I will now ask Shehbaz to demonstrate how other tals work. For instance, a 12-beat cycle. Of, of the composition is different, the stresses are different, the flow of the composition is different. We take a rag, we play different subjects of slow, fast, rhythmic, self-rhythmic subjects, then we play with the tabla, and as the performance develops, all these subjects are played, and it always finishes most of the time in crescendo. Now, I played you a morning rug, and then I played you an afternoon rug, 
Now I will give you a small illustration in an evening rag. Okay, all these rags have different names to them. That's how also we recognize them. The first one was Bhairavi. The second one I played was Bilabal. Now I'm playing you a very popular evening rag, which is called Puri Adhanashari.
Gospodja da našli hoju. You've um, told us about the tabla player and how the tabla player fits in with the music. Where does your other colleague fit into the music? Well, great. This, tan this instrument, it's called the tanpura. It's a drone instrument. It has four strings and it keeps playing this it makes a cycle of sound. It, it gives you an ambiance of sound, a continuation of sound. So my music is, it's like a, a carpet over which the music flows. It's very subtle and you have to be extremely sensitive to play that because if I was doing something very, very soft and he played it loud, it would disturb the music. So it's all, it's all a great interaction between the hearts and minds of the performer. The main important way of, of recognizing ragas is by their movement. And that movement is known as chalan. So every rag has a chalan, every rag has a movement. And it's by these movements that we recognize what a rag is. I will play a small movement of Puriya Dhanashri, which I just played for you. So it starts at the top and actually it finishes at the bottom here. It has a certain flow and there are certain notes that are predominantly used more than the others. How much are you actually constrained by those um, approach notes to each degree of the rag scale? Fantastic. You see, this whole rag formation is a very complex formation. It's like if you were looking at a picture of, say, a beautiful building like Alhambra in Spain, and if you looked at two different rooms in a building, they have the same formations, you have the same arches, you have the same kinds of tiles. The contents are similar, but the structure is different. Now we have a rag called Basant, which is exactly the same notes as Puja Dhanashri, but Basant is played mostly on the top octave. These are the notes for both the ragas. Da 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 da. Now I'm going to sing you Puja Dhanashri. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. 
So it is, it is actually predominantly concentrated on the middle octave. Basant. Da 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 So this rag, if I keep playing it for a little while, it will immediately make a certain effect because it is played in a different octave with a different feeling. It's for the spring, you have all that in your mind and it makes a completely different atmosphere. Can I just, can I just ask you, um, has um, recorded music helped to keep the tradition and are there Stradivariuses of uh, the instrument? We use old instruments. Uh, what has happened is that, that the technique of the sitar in our family has gone so advanced. Everybody uh, has given something to the sitar, so you have to make some kind of modification. It should add to the tradition. So, for instance, there was a time when, in the beginning, they, they were using more the right-hand strokes. So it was all concentrated on compositional right hands. I'll play you a composition, for instance, in uh, Evening Rag of my great-grandfather, more than 100 years old now. Right hand technique, more. Predominantly, it was the right hand was used, and the right hand was also used to indicate the rhythm as we do still. But then, as more philosophy and poetry and decorative elements came within the intricate sounds of music, we started doing. <laughs> 
hand we started doing more things and uh, indicating the notes uh, and the intricate subjects of uh, the voice so we had to make a balance and so the structure of the sitar we started designing slightly different, which would fit both the, the instrumental and the vocal style of doing it. I'll play a small uh, piece before I go.
सुंदर सुंदर बाल बाल सुंदर सुंदर बाल
Nishad Khan ending this week's Discovering Music with that performance of a popular evening raga, Yemen. He was joined in today's exploration of the raga, From Dawn to Dusk, by Shebaz Hussein on tabla and Kamlesh Patel on tanpura. The workshop was recorded earlier this year at LSO St. Luke's in London and it was produced by Paul Hindmarsh.